Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello and welcome to episode 95. Tonight's show is going to be brought to you by Road Trips and Bike Crashes. Because uh, I did both of those since we talked last. And for Andrea's sanity, if we ever don't publish a show again, we'll put something up so she doesn't get 500 text messages of where's my show. We know you love us. We appreciate it. We won't let it happen again. That, <laughs> That's not true at all. Well, I'm I'm actually working on, um, I've talked to Ben previously from Mountain Bike Radio, and we're going to, he's going to give me access to all of the old JRA shows. So in the future, I will have something that I can just stick up very easily. I won't have to record. I won't have to, I won't have to do anything pretty much, so. It'll make it a lot easier, and I won't have a bunch of people saying, why the hell is there not a JRA show this week? It'll be like one of those recap episodes of, you know, Family Guy or something, where they obviously just didn't want to make a show for some reason, so they just cobble together a bunch of garbage from previous episodes. (laughs) I'm going to play episode one of one from Blog Talk Radio. Those don't exist anymore. Oh, well, I'll I'll play the earliest thing possible. Uh. So patrons, we're going to start at $10 a month. We've got Zach, Wilma Dickfit, Todd, Tim, Ty, Tennessee Zach, Scott, SCG Shuko, Sam, Ryan, Ramo853, Parker, Noah, Nick, My Pal, Dal, MTB Shenanigans, Leland, Kevin, Kenny Sucks, Ken, Juan, John. Read the whole name. Oh, Juan Hugh Janus. That's Juan, Juan Hugh Janus. Josh, Josh, Jeff, JC, Jara, Dix, Jake, Halfface, Kenneth, Green Giant, Gordon, G Man, Frank, Ezra, Evan, Caroline, Coraline, Coraline, Clayton. I remember to change my name. Von Eckerin, Brad, Billy, Bill, Bo, Baggins, Alec, AJ, Aaron, lead. Uh, our Australians are lead out sports. Josh and Dean. Twenty dollars a month. We've got Poop Wrench. <laughs> Joe, Brady, Anthony, Affordable Trail Solutions, Harley coming in at 30, Troy at 31, and Six Pack Outdoors at 50. So that's that. So if I can Thank say something real to quick. all of our patrons. I would imagine that if you have to ask if your dick will fit, it'll probably fit. <laughs> You're saying people that question the, like those who won't fit just know? Yep. Is that what you're saying? That is what I'm saying. All right. What if? Never mind. We can't go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> no, go for it. Let's go. No, 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 no. This is this is what the people are here for. I mean, but what if you're kind of desperate and you have a small item of some sort and you're kind of wondering if it could be useful if you're, to you? If you're desperate, you're not asking questions. You're in the you, exploratory mission. Okay. Okay. That's. I don't know. I don't have an appendage that I can stick into random items, so I. I've never had to ask that question. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been two weeks since we recorded last to the chagrin of all of our listeners to the joy i don't know um who wants to talk about their two weeks first i could go first because mine's relatively lame again i don't want to say lame i don't think it's lame but it's not that exciting as far as talking to our listeners i mean everyone's already bored so <laughs> we read patrons. we talked shots we talked fired. about we talked about teenage boys trying to fuck shampoo bottles. I didn't talk about that. I mean, I was thinking about adult males who were just home alone and bored. 
Yeah, but there's like great. That's like a wealth of Reddit. Like I got my dick stuck in a shampoo bottle. Oh, sorry, I didn't. I I I don't read those threads on Reddit. Sorry. It's your turn. <laughs> Just do it. Uh, I have been I've been working, been working a lot, doing the same kind of stuff. I've been working for a couple of neighbors, doing some landscaping, gardening, groundskeeping, chopping cottonwoods and. So cottonwood trees and aspen trees grow like this also. They, uh, they're big trees. They kind of grow near water. And when they want to expand, they, from the roots that are growing in the ground, the roots that are near the surface of the ground will put out these little saplings or suckers, and they will grow pretty much all over the place. And if you have something like a hay field, where you don't want those growing in your hay field, you need to remove them. And if you just chop them down, they grow right back and they tend to grow even worse. The place where you chop them down or chop them off of that root, they will, uh, it kind of makes a big woody knot, like a scar. And it just gets bigger and bigger until it almost leaves like a little, I don't know. Like a baby stump. Yeah, like an ankle height stump in your field or your yard or whatever. So really the best way to get rid of them that I've found, at least other than I don't know, lighting the cottonwood tree on fire and killing it is to take a shovel and pop the whole sucker and root out of the ground and then use the shovel to chop on either side of that root. Or you can chop one side and then pull on the whole thing. And a lot of times, because it's kind of a surface root, it will just pull out of the ground in a long, like a rope. It's basically like a you pull a whole root out of the ground and you'll sometimes get like three or four more suckers like that just pull out of the ground along with it so it is very labor intense intensive intensive yeah. so labor intensive project that's yeah. why our neighbor lynn who happens to listen uh, oh, yeah, is giving right. you american currency for yeah, you to do yeah. this exactly he's like i could do this myself or i could give you american <laughs> currency and not fucking do this myself exactly and he's like hey take some american currency go chop suckers <laughs> exactly yeah, so I've been doing um, stuff for him. It's been raining a lot, so grass is growing a lot. Um, we have some other people in my neighborhood that I've talked about before that I help them with their garden. They don't listen, so they suck. No, they don't suck. They're very nice people. But yeah, so I've been doing a lot of that, and that's pretty much it. I Oh yeah, I rode with a Absolute Bikes puts on a women's, like a beginner mountain bike clinic, and they were missing a coach. Uh, last week and so I filled in for that person I didn't actually do any coaching like in the skills part of the day but I did go on their group ride and kind of road sweep I gave a few you know a a few little pieces of advice here and there but um, I thought you were gonna say that you went to the beginner ride just to troll it I don't know why I thought you were gonna (laughs) say that I was like oh that's so mean Uh, no so what kind of advice did he give like hey if you ride better you'll have a better time (laughs) <laughs> if you don't suck, it won't suck. <laughs> Just pedal harder. No. Uh, actually, the one piece of advice that I gave that seemed like it was well-received was they were riding down some kind of, you know, steep and rocky stuff. You know, stuff that's definitely... I mean, look, when I was a beginner, I lived in Memphis. And there's really nothing on the trails in Memphis that you ride up to and you're like, oh, I don't know about that. So that's not how it is in Salida. Like, I can't really imagine being a beginner and being just unsure of myself and riding some of the shit that they were riding. And, you know, so we were at this 
you know, like a steep rocky thing. It doesn't matter what trail it was on or whatever. Steep rocky thing. And, you know, they're hesitant. And um, there was uh, the one piece of advice that I could give was there's, you know, don't listen to people who say never use your front brake because your front brake is very useful. But in this situation where you're rolling down something where there are rocks and like kind of dips and things in the trail that are actively trying to stop your front wheel or at least slow it down, don't help those things out. So this is the one time where you really, you want to use very little to no front brake. And I said, and the way that I made myself do this when I was learning was I would physically take when I approached something like this and I was going the speed I wanted to be going, I would physically take my finger off of the brake and grip the bar and have to grip it pretty hard to keep myself from using that front brake in that one little part of time. It's like, then put your finger right back on the brake because your front brake's important. But that was my advice. And they're like, oh, okay. And a couple of them tried it and they're like, I can't do it. I just can't make myself do it. And I'm like, yeah, it's really hard, but that's, it's like, that will help you. So that was my advice that I gave um, other than, you know, just people asking a few random questions, like, I don't know, what bike should I get next and shit like that. But that was... That's kind of been my last couple of weeks has been working. Uh, Matt was out of town, so I was watching dogs and whatever. Daisy's doing great. Uh, We had someone request a chicken nugget, and the chickens are all doing just fine. We're about to get some chicks next week. I think it's next week. Yeah, they should be here when we record next week. Can't your chickens make other chickens? Uh, So they can. So there is a rooster. And he definitely um, well, what the fuck is eggs. he doing? Well, he's doing it, but the hens also. Well, you can take the eggs out and put them in an incubator and hatch your own chicks. But um, an incubator is kind of expensive if you want one that does all of the like humidity control and turning and all that shit. Or if one of the hens decides, hey, I want to hatch some eggs. But can't which I have all, one can't, can't chickens? I mean, chickens raise their own kids all the time, right? Like, can't can't they handle yeah, that? But it, a chicken lays an egg that's fertilized. Now, whether or not she decides to sit, like be, they call it being broody, and like sit on it and like do the hen part, uh-huh. like yeah, some hens just don't care about. Some hens are like me; they're just like, oh, fuck that thing. And <laughs> yeah, like some hens, they just lay the egg and they're like, yeah, I'm out. Like I'm gonna go scratch around in the yard, whatever. And then other hens occasionally, and I do have one that will do this. Every now and then, um, occasionally, they will say, like, hey, I want to hatch some eggs. I want to have some babies. And they will just sit on the eggs, and it takes about 21 days, and they they will hatch um, chicks. But it's way easier to just buy them. And I also don't have any meat birds, um, and that's what we have. Well, we have a few laying hens coming. How much does your average chicken cost? uh, They can be anywhere from a dollar to... Gosh, like for a really fancy, like the like an S works chicken, like is, an S works. Do they chicken? have like show chickens? They, yeah, Kenny. <laughs> this chicken nugget is turning into an entire spatchcocked bird now. Like, <laughs> if you're not interested in chicken talk, just hit that. Well, I know you know, like like the button. dog world, you can get a free dog, or you know, one that you got to pay minimal to get shots and stuff from like a, a you know a place, and it's not yeah, that much money. Chickens. Or you can buy some fucking expensive dogs. Yeah, so there's a, I, I forgot the name of it, but there is a breed of chicken that the entire chicken is black. Every part of the chicken, even the inside of the chicken is black. And those chickens are really fucking expensive. 
Wait, like the throw a number like on. the meat is black? Yeah. That's weird. How does that happen? This is like the Vanta black of chickens. I don't know. People got involved. People can do all how kinds of that weird shit. Like a, how is that not like a, a restaurant thing? Like you got... Because they're too expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I can't Challenge even pronounce accepted. the name of this. I've, I've got how my new business idea. How much does chicken cost? Um, so if you want one of these chickens, um, according to this article that I just found on Google that could be wrong, I don't know, but it says they cost roughly $2,500. Boom. Challenge accepted. I'm going to have the world's most expensive chicken tenders. <laughs> and then smash them in ranch. Just get drunk on vodka and soda and smash them in ranch. Jeez. This is a whole article called the 10 most expensive breeds of chicken, but we don't have to. Oh, that's an ugly ass chicken. <laughs> well, cool. I got some, I got some research to do. <laughs> <laughs> So, but no, like Candy's the, like, you think building this fat bike was a waste of money? Yeah. <laughs> Wait till exactly. I make I am some mining fucking chicken tenders. <laughs> uh, the meat birds that we get, I think, cost a dollar. Yeah, I think they're two or three dollars a piece. But yeah, we're we're getting twenty five meat birds and a few laying hens. Yeah, so we're getting chickens next week. And yeah, that's your chicken nugget for this week is more chickens. We should bring, if we have them next week, I'll bring a chick in and record a little bit of chicken cheeping for everyone because it's really cute. I think it'd make more sense to take a microphone out. Yeah, that's true. It might make the dogs a little bit bonkers. And record all the chickens cheeping. That's a really good idea. So here's the deal. I have a plan. We'll figure it out. I'm not going to promise too much. All right. Is that it? Just you have a plan? Yeah, let's just move on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Step step one, record chickens. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. Yes. (laughs) All right. You two go. Kenny, I actually have a perfect segue from my trip back home into shit we hate. So you go next. Okay, excellent. What have I been doing? I rode the Canevo... A few times in the morning, if I'm not mistaken. So the Kinevo SL. And for those that may not be aware, it is a fairly stock-ish uh, Kinevo SL comp carbon. So it's got. Did you ever change the bar? I did. So it's got. Uh, it's got per no. It's got rhythm Fox suspension, pretty much. And then I guess they don't make a rhythm rear shock. That seems like a big miss on their part they should make an oem that's really just a marzocchi underneath with a little sideways dingle and then call it a fox rhythm rear shock so anyway fox if you want some ideas on how to make a bunch more money that's how you do it so (laughs) let's see it is stock other than it has control carbon wheels on a freaking enduro which is you know i do what i want (laughs) and it's got some two six tires on it uh what else did i change and then it's got TRP DHR Evo brakes and a one-up carbon bar. So I think from the last time that we all talked, I kept saying I had the brakes in the bar. I never put them on and rode them. So I don't think I talked about them, but I put the brakes in the bar on. And yeah, they're great. Everybody should ride TRP DHR Evos in particular. The DHR Evo has a super different feel from the Trail Evo. They're both designed around the big fat 2.3 rotors, but the DHR Evo is a little bit squishier which some people might not like. I actually really like that. I've gotten, you get used to anything you ride. I got used to the Shimano's, which are a very on-off, like 
very firm feel when it contacts the rotor. The DHR Evos are not quite that, but they give you a ridiculous amount of modulation when it's engaged. But the pull of the lever is very reasonable. It's not like an XTR race lever where you're pretty much pulling it straight to the bar every time. So I think they struck a really good balance of modulation and power and all the good things. So I really, really like DHR Evos. So highly recommend if someone's looking for a pretty powerful set of four piston brakes, they're really good. So those are known and yeah, rode the one up bar for the first time. So one up, I believe only makes one carbon bar. I think they make it in like one rise configuration and just a 35 clamp, if I'm not mistaken. And it's perfectly good. It's a nice comfy bar. If anything, I can, I think it might be placebo because I've been told that it's supposed to be flexier, but it feels extra comfortable, especially for a 35 bar. So no complaints there. I can recommend uh, it hasn't snapped off or anything yet. So that's really cool. It's Kenny, your wheels are going to break before that bar breaks. I don't know. What if the bar breaks before the wheels? I would actually say if anything, I would probably break that bar before the wheels. I'm like, I'm so light on my feet on the bike for some reason. But your hands. But I'm heavy God on the hands. You keep them all. They're I don't pretty know, and Kenny. Strong. Your hands are really pretty. They're pretty and strong. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still have pretty hands? I have fairly pretty hands. I only work. I had pretty hands even when I was a mechanic, but now I only pilot a computer. So they're like extra pretty. <laughs> so yeah, the bike's good. The Kinevo is a really good bike. I like it. It's different. Like anything, I think you get used to things. It's obviously very weird riding a 170 170 bike but i don't dislike it it's just different and i would probably never own even if i did like gravity stuff i don't know that i ever own like an enduro it's just so they're so wild but the fact that it's got a motor makes it way more reasonable and it seems to pedal fairly efficiently i can definitely tell it's a couple pounds heavier than my levo sl i think this one came out at like 41 pounds with pedals somewhere in that ballpark so pretty damn reasonable definitely like 10 or 15 pounds lighter than your average e-bike so that's pretty cool but yeah it's a good bike i'm I'm not in love with the suspension i know i've brought that up once or twice now but it is starting to break in and i think it's starting to feel a little bit better so i'm going to give it some more time on the old rhythm fork with the grip one damper and it's got just a float x rear shock which is fine like the lockout's reasonable it's yeah Totally reasonable. The bike's good. Mechanical GX. Yeah, that's the Kinevo. I'm pretty happy with it. I will report back when I ride it some more, but so far so good. I'm definitely not unhappy with the purchase. It's just different than my old Levo SL. I'm sure the new Levo SL is great. I've ridden one a little bit. It's got a really quiet motor. Maybe they'll put that motor into other things in the future. Who knows? What else is going on? That's all my bicycle stuff, I think. Oh, did you put that bar on full width or did you trim it? I trimmed it. I run my bars at 760. Okay. That's a really popular width. How tall are you? I am 5'10", 5'11". But don't you have like 5'5 people arms? I do. I have 5'5 arms. Uh, and I've Wait, got... really? Are they really that short? No. So my ape index is zero. Zero inches. Okay. So however many inches tall I am, I can't do that conversion because um, it's a lot of numbers and it's divisible by 12. It, it, it would be like six, 70, 70 or 71 inches? Sure. sure. Yeah, 70, 70 to 71. You are correct. Yes. And my ape index is even to that. I think the average dude has a plus one inch ape index. So if you take your wingspan, uh, you would be one inch longer on wingspan. But I guess if you take that 
uh, if you take the radius of your arms, if you will, because if you have both arms pointed out front, that reach would be a half inch. So my out front reach is a half inch shorter than normal, if that I makes sense. Tape measure all of a sudden. <laughs> Everybody should do this experiment, by the way. So all you listeners, so when you're just going to do it now. Yeah. Hold all on, you I'm listeners, gonna, when you're go, driving I'm right go now. Away from the, yeah. If you're driving. If you're driving to put your, your driver's side window down and then you can stick both arms out full width. And if you have a passenger, tell them to move and measure your wingspan. Our tape measure is not long enough for my arms. I'm going to be quiet. It'll be easier to edit out. Is that tape measure in your nightstand? Really? That's it? Andrea, just hold on. Hold, please. All right. I don't feel like our measurement for me was accurate. What was mine? Yours is pretty spot on. 67 inches. And what's and, and what's your height, Andrea? Five, five and a half. Yeah. I can't do that conversion. That would be uh, 65 and a half. So 65 and a half height versus wingspan of? 67. Okay. So got some jangly arms. Yeah, I got long arms. I don't think our measurement for me came up right because it has me even and that's not just not true. <laughs> but maybe it is. Were... It's not because no long sleeve shirt fits me. Well, maybe. <laughs> like it just. Have you considered that you have short arms, short legs, and a super-duper long torso? I do have a long torso, but the torso would not affect how my sleeves fit me. Well, maybe it would because you need... Uh, oh, so your sleeves are too short on your average shirt? Yeah, way too fucking short. Interesting. Andrew is measuring me again. I guess it's also conceivable that you've got sh- super short legs and... Uh, I hold don't on. really have short legs, though. Hmm. I mean, they're maybe a little shorter than someone my height. When you buy a set of pants, what length is written on them? 34? No, because pants don't really fit me correctly. So like a lot of times it's hard to find a 30, 34. So I just buy 30, 32s and then cuff them because it's in style and uh, they're way too short. Andrew just measured again and got 75, which is still just like barely plus one. So I don't know. I don't. And obviously you can kind of like massage that number, right? Like if you like super duper stretch yourself out and like you go absolute middle fingertip to middle fingertip, then you could probably milk out a little bit of distance there yeah i don't know how we we just took like a 10 minute tangent because kenny <laughs> because kenny cut his bars to 760 yeah. oh yeah so kenny's like 760 andrea runs 760s i run 760s yeah i mean i i can go a little shorter than that i think on i don't know i i've cut them a little shorter like 740 I, i'm anywhere between 740 and 760 if i and honestly hop, if i go ahead if i if i have a if i have a bar of that width in that range on my bike i'll feel normal with it within i don't know five or ten minutes of riding so if i hop not. on anything that's between 740 and 780 i'm usually perfectly happy yeah if i start going like on my hardtail i think i might have cut the bars a little narrower just because i have the bar end ergon grips and because i ride with my hands out there all the time if i am at 760 with those it feels really wide it's actually possible that i cut my bars to 780 i can't remember maybe i only took a centimeter they came 800s i may have only taken a centimeter off either end so they might be 780 so anyway i ride usually between 760 and 780 yeah uh, some of my bars are 750, but I just looked it up and Envy says they're 760 and I don't think I've ever cut my M5 handlebars. There so you go. I think they're all 760s. All right. So as far as other stuff goes, that's my mountain bike side of things. I've ridden dirt bikes a whole bunch. We've been getting up in 
super duper early in the morning with a coworker and we've been riding motorcycles together and holding hands and <laughs> motorcycles are really fun. We had a bigger trip with other people out to a place called Stansbury Front. And wait, when you say you're holding hands, is that code for like you ride motorcycles and then you, I don't know, get get fresh in the backseat of the ridge line or something? <laughs> yeah, is this like broke back Sauron? It is, yes. That's correct. Okay. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what you do when you ride electric bikes. Yeah, if you were <laughs> if you were if you were a traditional male, you would get a 450 and you would be interested in the in the traditional male things, but you know, I'm not, so Kenny, I don't I don't know if we should go ride motorcycles together. <laughs> uh uh yeah, it was a really good time. Went and rode Stansbury Front. It's a really cool place. Uh got a generator, we used it, got a grill, used it. It was really fun. Got to do a huge long day. It was really cool. I did completely nunchuck my bike down a mountain, which was not a super duper good time. I actually rode up the mountain and it was really steep like full-blown real deal hill climb steep and i mean it's probably god it's it was probably it has to have at least been 200 feet vert and got like three just like three quarters of the way up cartwheel and uh looped it backwards and it didn't really crash that hard i kind of just plopped it on its side and it was all good but i had a slight tuning issue that day where i was playing with some throttle dead band stuff and fully closed sometime the throttle would still be like barely spinning the rear wheel like you know one mile an hour so it was doing that on the ground laying sideways and i'm like no big deal and i go to pick up the bike and it's extremely steep and slippery and i sort of get the bike stood up and i'm like i know it's going to be kind of ghost riding a little bit and i pull the brake but like where my balance was was just all wrong and it was way steeper than i thought and i slipped a little bit and went full wide open throttle at that point and it full nunchucked up in the air, like just went vertical and like gone and then landed on its other side and cartwheeled a whole bunch of times down the mountain and uh, tweaked. tweaked a whole bunch of stuff. So that was not a very good time, but I was relatively okay. And with uh, some Allen wrenches, we were able to get the motorcycle back to running. And that was about it. We ran into a bunch of snow still, which is really crazy, like a bunch, a bunch. And we tried to forge our way through it for about an hour. And maybe that's an exaggeration, probably a solid 30 minutes of forging through and like having two people like pull motorcycles through snow because, yeah, motorcycles don't go through 10 feet deep of snow. They just sink. What? They sink immediately to the case. Were you that it was going to get better? Or? Well, because it's climbing up. They, basically, this trail goes like up and down and up and down through in between two mountain ranges, essentially. So you're in a valley between two mountains and the highest peak of the mountain which you never get up to like because it's super duper steep i've been told there might be some hard enduro stuff like way up in there but i, I don't really know anyway that's about eleven thousand feet and in the middle at the highest sections it's like 8500 and we were kind of at like the 7500 foot mark and going up and down up and down into like these different clearings and we cleared the first one of all the snow that's where that hill climb was and it opens up and then because you also you might be climbing up a north-facing part which is going to be snowy and then you go down a south facing side and it's like perfect and then you go back up a north face side and it's super snowy so we did that a few times and we finally gave up and took a long way around but it was fun good adventure always you know riding through snow is always a good time because you always think like oh yeah it's gonna get better and 
It usually doesn't. It never gets better. <laughs> but that is it for me. All right. I drove back to Memphis to visit my mom, dad, grandmother, sister, and three nieces and nephews total. That was a fun time. So I, I blitzed the drive on the way there, left pretty early on Saturday, drove straight to about an hour north of Memphis. Let's see, hung out with them for a couple of days. Uh, got a new hunting rifle from my dad, um, new to me. It was a, a, a pre-owned gun that he had purchased extremely affordably. It's really, really cool. It's 270 if anybody's interested. And, 270 WSM? Uh, I don't know. Just normal 270, whatever that is. Well, I know those 270 Winchester short mags were really popular. No, it's probably normal size. Gotcha. And then it also has like a really cool trigger in it. So it has no free stroke and it has no dead pull. So like it's it just, I don't know. The, the only way to describe it is, um yeah, it's really, really cool. Uh, it's like the XX1 of triggers is the only way to, or the XTR 10 speed of triggers. It just, <laughs> it just feels good. Got that sighted in, did some other, uh, hanging out with folks and whatnot. Didn't do any exercising at all. Then drove home, didn't hit any deer, but on the drive home, I did watch two wheels roll off of a semi truck. Like the wheels and tires just rolled off. Hmm. Just, it's not ideal. Uh, and then I pulled up beside them and started blowing my horn and like waving at them to pull over. And when they applied the brakes, the uh, the hub fell off and bounced down the highway. And then I, I did have to sleep that time. And then I got home in time to have a couple of days before I went back to work. So I spent one day as just like a couch lizard. I then did a ride with Parker and the Esker crew, and I got to ride a Rowl. And speaking of tomahawking bikes, um, I tomahawked a Esker Rowl down a rock garden. And when I say tomahawked, like I dropped in, person shooting photos, I go over the handlebars. Did they get photos of you doing that? They didn't shoot video. Oh. And he stopped taking photos because of what I'm about to say. I go over the bars and I land on this big slab rock, like on my knees and hands. And I sort of, if you can imagine like frog hop, because it's steep enough that I'm not going to stop. I like frog hop and land on the rock garden below that big slab rock and hear a bike coming. And I just grab it and hand it to someone else. And then my water bottle pops out and beats me to the bottom of the hill. So sorry, I scratched the brake levers on your bike, Tim. But that bike's know, never been wrecked before. Never been wrecked. Only ridden on Sundays on vitamin B. So I do have a segue. So I got to play with Legos when I was back visiting. And my nephew, Carson, who's like three years old, was like, want to put these Legos together? And I was like, I can do that. The fuck I can. Man, let me. Legos used to be like. Just some fucking bricks of different sizes. Legos have become model building. That is the my dad said that, and I agree with it one hundred percent. There's pieces that have hinges in them. There's all these custom pieces. I mean, back in my day, it was big shit if you got a palm tree and some printed bricks with you know floral print because it was some ocean themed bullshit. No so man, I'm talking. Here's here's the deal. When you get those, they've got this like book with pictures and stuff and they tell you each piece in the order they go together and you just like pick them out and put them together. That's true. But this little thing that built up to be like the size of a Coke can had 
900 steps. <laughs> it, I guess the different. I don't understand what you're saying. I wasn't picking out a gray five brick long, you know, a gray one by five, a black two by six. No, it was now you need to use one of the blue vented cover grill things here, but don't use the gray not. Like, there's all these crazy pieces I'd never seen before, man. They shoot things now. It's fucking insane. So, to transition right from my trip into new shit we probably hate, the Beam Virgo full-face helmet, which they are dubbing, and <laughs> if, if no one learned anything from Trek getting their ball suit off, or their lips, whatever, over the whole wave cell safety shit, the safest cycling helmet for e-bikes is how they're billing this. It looks like a fucking classic Lego helmet. It does. I want you to pull it does, picture. It does look exactly like a Lego man helmet with the little like visor that would go up and down, but it's one of your ones that you had you lost or broke off or whatever, and it's just got like yep. the, the frame left. Yes. The biggest thing is on the Lego helmet, the chin bar did protrude in front of the face. Yeah, I think the Lego visor helmet would, have... would probably be safer. Yeah. Can you imagine how much you could drag your face on the ground with that much space? I mean, I think you would, like those, the shield, the face shield thing on it is magnetic. So I think that would just pop off and you could still just drag your face on the ground. That chin bar is not. Well, and if that visor thing didn't pop off, it would just cut your cheeks open. Also, yeah, I want to point out just how badly photoshopped the first picture is. Like if someone photoshopped a random ear in the ear hole of the helmet. It looks horrible. And also, what kind of fucked up ass ear is that that they photoshopped in? Like, why does it not look like a human ear? Is that like a pig ear? <laughs> it's not. I think there's a strap in front of the ear that's making it look like it's photoshopped in. I don't think that's actually photoshopped. Well, then what's wrong with I this fella's ear? I don't know. The I don't know. Don't ear shame him, Kenny. Let's but just like, talk about how ear, dumb the helmet is. I think it's the same guy. Ear. Hold on. Yeah, he's got this little puffy hair coming out the back. It's the same guy in the, if you're on the bike rumor one. Are you on the bike rumor page? Yeah. So first picture is the main one, and then you got a video, and then you got a second picture, and the third picture is the same dude, but now his ear is all healed up, and it looks like a normal human ear. No, I think his ear just looks weird at different angles. But back to the helmet. I will say the one thing that I like about this and that I wish more helmets that are supposed to be road-type helmets have is the integrated light. I do like that it has an integrated light, and it'd be cool if you could use some LED technology of some sort to do the same sort of thing on the front. So you could, I mean, going at, I don't know, bike path speed, have enough light to ride on a bike path. But yeah, I think that this, um, I think that this is a good way to make people feel like they're safer and not really make them safer. All right. So it is supposed to be a road helmet, so it will stop your face from hitting the pavement, but it won't stop your face. You're like, you're going to French kiss a stump still. So um, yeah. can we move into something else we don't like? Oh, no, let's go to something we like. I want to do a compliment or a shit talk sandwich. I rode the Esker Rowl. Never ridden one before. The bike rides pretty well. I don't, I mean, it's obviously, you know, not my bike. And when you ride not your bike, you never like it, right? Because it's not all set up and it doesn't have all the shit you want and everything's not perfect. You know, you, you haven't spent hours fiddling with this and that. But the bike overall rode really fun. Uh, short chain stay, it manualed well. It was, a, it was a fun riding bike. So kudos to Tim for making a cool bike. 
Now let's go into something else we want to crap on. I've got uh, something. I've e- got something I like. No, let's crap on something then like something. Okay. The well, what E13 if you're about to close crap, range. What if you're gonna crap on the thing I like? I'm really nervous now. You like the you like the E13 close range cassette? I do. I love that thing. <laughs> well, it is made for e-bikes. Uh, no, no, I, I I don't know anything about it. They make a cassette that is close range, but instead of making you know like a we've they a, love we've a asked for that though legitimately. I think that can be a legitimate thing. That's reasonable. Yeah, but they did it exactly wrong. Oh, uh, cool. And, you know, they love nine-tooth cassettes. But sure. for close range, they started at 13. So it's 13 through oh. 52. So well, all that the makes zero sense. Why would you do that? So they made a junior triathlon uh, <laughs> cassette. They made junior gearing for one by mountain bikes. Great. No, they that's said it's dumb. For e-bikes. That's dumb. What needs to exist is something like. A 12-speed 1040? I don't know. I guess you could do... What's the... Oh, you probably have to have a road one, don't you? The 1044 Explore? Yeah, that's XDR. Okay, got it. Well, they need an XD. And I suppose most nice wheels, you could just buy the XDR Freehub. So maybe that would be fine. I don't know. But they need to make like a mountain-specific... Something less than a 1052 is what they need to make. there's an option. You know, there's that... That twelve speed XTR race that's micro spline ten forty five. Okay. Right? Doesn't that exist? I think it or does. Or is that just an eleven speed cassette? They talked about it for a minute and some of that stuff got discontinued. Like they talked about some cool, weird one off cross country XTR stuff and some of that stuff never solidified. Maybe came one of the fruition. hubs never came about. That was many, many years ago. I, I really don't remember. But I want to see a SRAM specific XD, preferably made by SRAM cassette. That is a little bit tighter ratio. I think that could be really cool for people that live in uh, maybe a flatter area or someone who's really strong or both. So then we need SRAM to make two cassettes for us. I'm, I'm taking notes. I'll call Stan tomorrow. Sick. Um, so we want, we went through this before. We want a PG-1230, right? That would be the essentially the NX. S no the S seven hundred road cassette that fits eleven speed road but is twelve speed eleven thirty six. Okay. You know, so you could run like rival AXS on your old Shimano wheels. Okay. Yeah, that's reasonable. And then we're gonna want an XG. They're only gonna make one version, so it's gonna be like a twelve ninety five, which yep. would be you know XO level. And we want that to be 1044. Dude, yeah, 1042, 1044. Be great. But but 1044 XD, yep. not R. So you could run an Explore cassette on your Epic if you lived in Florida. There and, you go. and still run Industry 9 wheels. So, by the way, Shimano does make a an XTR 1045 cassette, 12 speed. Cool. Micro spline, just in case you're wondering. Well, maybe there's your answer. Maybe you run an XTR 1045 cassette XTR chain with a Axis controller and an Explore Axis derailleur. Fuck it, transmission. <laughs> but transmission's 1052. Mm, who says? You can't adjust, who says? You can't adjust the B tension, so you can Yeah, you can. You can adjust the B tension with uh, with how you set the thing up. Oh. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> fucking right. That's right, Stram. You're gonna be Ooh, you're gonna you're be just cutting hundred out. You're gonna just be cutting hundred and fifty dollar chains guessing at the No, at the chain no, rate. that's the thing, because you're using a Shimano chain. So if you want to wax your shit, then go XTR. 
Okay. We should move on. Now, what do you like, Kenny? I like the new specialized LA. That was on my oh, yeah, list. I saw that. that. That does look just like a... Because I, I think the industry... just a solid little bike. Yeah, the industry is missing just solid shit. Trickle in a little bit of tech and make it reasonably priced. And I think the reason this stuff doesn't exist is because we can get 90% of the way there to how good the best bikes are, but it's going to cost half. And that's just not good for making money. But I think this is this type of bike I really like. It's really simple. It's got some amount of internal cable routing, but nothing dumb. It's aluminum. Uh, yeah, you can like put like racks and fenders and shit on it. I think that's really cool. The only thing I'm actually bummed about is that they don't make it in a little bit higher spec, to be honest. I wouldn't mind. I think they should make this out through 105. Yeah, or, or give me a strand build. A 105. Yeah. If well, you, if you have a nice alloy bike, having 105 on it is really, it just makes it a workhorse. I have a question. I wonder if in the next few weeks we're going to see a new Allay DSW because this doesn't have DSW. What the fuck is DSW? The fancy smart weld with the the head tube. Oh. The well, DS- see, I don't that'd be great and I didn't I guess I didn't realize this didn't have that. I I would assume that's what I want. I want to see a DSW bike that has a round seat post. Well, see, that's how they got this so cheap is they they cut a bunch of that stuff out. Uh, well, on so, my list is I want to have the option of the nicest alloy bike you can have, but not over the top. So yeah, a DSW smart weldy thing that has a round C-post and other normal shit on it. Yeah. Also, it clears a 35 millimeter tire. Kenny, I need you to talk me out of replacing my Diverge frame with this. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough uh, it's call. Probably cost, it's, it's probably a, a pound heavier than your Diverge. It doesn't have a future shock. I know. It's still probably a pound heavier. Do you know how much the future shock cartridge alone weighs? So I, they're I saying that this is only it's about twenty-two pounds, twelve ounces. In a so frame to frame, this is only about a pound heavier, heavier than your average carbon bike. Right, and if you scroll down later, the person changed the wheels and dropped one and three quarter pounds out of the bike. You can <laughs> for they could make a factory nineteen pound version of this for not many more dollars. Right, but that's cool. So I like that. Yeah, I like it too. I'm a little bit of uh, the the diverge kind of has me a little bummed out. The bottom bracket on it's just really low. I've been staring at a bunch of geometry charts. When 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 does it matter that the bottom bracket is low on there? Well, every time I ride it on anything that's moderately bumpy, like rocky, I just smash my pedals into the ground. Where do you do, like going in and out of Badger Creek or something? No, like cross the railroad tracks, go through the S curve, and then you start going through like what would be puddles on your way to Badger Creek. Yeah, I have to start picking pedal placement there. Oh, that's weird. Well, it has an aggra- it has eighty five millimeters of bottom bracket drop. What size tires do you have on there? Thirty fives. All right. Can't run a bigger tire because yeah. uh, the tire will start rubbing the frame. So, yeah, that's good. That was on my list. Uh, d- do we want to talk about the new Pivot Mach Four SL? Sure. You know, I don't, I don't really want to talk about it, but I think we can do because look, I'm sure it's a good bike. I'm sure it's great. Whatever. If you've been listening to JRA long enough, you know that when we didn't like one of their bikes, and we voiced that opinion strongly um, a few years ago. They called our uh, real jobs and voiced their displeasure. So we're not going to give them any more free press than that. So I was sure. going to make fun of it. It doesn't matter. If you want to make fun of it, go ahead. I mean, it's an XE bike that doesn't properly hold two water bottles. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that people should start doing now. Uh, what I'm, I'm going to say, say is, I'm going to say a thing. 
I think it kind of sort of does. You put it in the furthest back position. There's there's three little dingles on the bottom of the top tube. How well is that going to hold a water bottle, though? Yeah, okay, let me word this differently. The bike is going to look fucking ridiculous with the second water bottle in place, and the retention of that bottle is going to be very questionable. Perhaps. Also, they're making a new XC race build four years too late. They're making a bike that has 90-something millimeters of travel. It's They finally made something light enough to compete with the Trek Top Fuel Gen 2, I guess you'd call it, like the first 29er one, but it's just five years too late. Because now a true XC, if it's not going to be 120, it needs to be 60 millimeters of travel. So they missed the boat. Good job, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a little behind. And so the thing that got me is we've talked about um, how Pivot measures their standover height at the seat tube. And it actually shows it on the geometry chart that the standover height is measured at the seat tube. And I'm not going to get on my rant about the usefulness of standover as a measurement, but I am going to say that there are a lot of people who get very into that marketing and that thought process that standover is very important. And they shop bikes based on geometry charts. And one might say that that is the strategy for why Pivot measures their standover at that. Because a lot of times those people are, I don't know, maybe less informed than they should be. And so they just look at that number and they compare it to some other bike's number. And they're like, wow, this is so much lower. I'm going to get this. Or they go in the bike shop and they're like, I want this bike because it this number is the lowest bike that you have. And I think what we should do is, instead of just bitching about it, we need to, Matt, you and I should make like a YouTube video that kind of explains this. We need to do an industry-wide petition. Wait. Pass in, it around. In this video, do I get to put my balls on top tubes and close-ups? Maybe not in close-ups. I think YouTube might flag that. Fine. We'll have like a... Like a Pornhub version where you can do that. I mean, through my shorts, but just like, <laughs> you know, just... No, we need to do like one of those online petitions and then send it out to every bike company and see if we can encourage manufacturers to start saying where they measure their bottom bracket or just say, hey, we want everyone in the bike industry to measure standover height five centimeters in front of the bottom bracket. And we need to give credit where credit's due. Salsa years ago was publishing standover height at fill in the blank, meaning they said that's where that number comes from. They measure their standover height five centimeters in front of the bottom bracket. Right. So I think that we should try to get some momentum on that. The only problem with that is it doesn't take into account C tube angle, which would be, you know, and also how high your saddle is, which is going to determine where the nose of your saddle sits. Right, but it's it's a way better thing. It's at least than, standardized. Yeah, like it's sure. a way to standardize it instead of, you know, having... And it's going to be pretty... Like, if you measure it there, sure, when you get off of your bike, you might be a little fore or aft from there by an inch or two. But you're not saying that your standover is measured at the fucking seat tube. Yeah, no, I agree. It's not in that Which is not relevant nook. for anyone. Yeah, in that nook that you could never actually get your body into ever. Yeah. So I agree. I think that we should. I think we should do something like that. You know, uh, we we bitch a lot on here, and we don't we don't do much other than bitch about stuff. And this is an opportunity to maybe um, try to turn our bitching into some action in the bike industry. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds like growth to me. 
I, I don't really like that. <laughs> I don't want peace. I want problems. <laughs> Always. Um, what else is on our list? Anything? Oh, the so we talked last time about the new Cervelo cross-country bike, the ZFS 5, and they have made something called a link lock, and it replaces the shock. And it's not a production thing that you would just buy alongside this bike. They basically made it because UCI World Cup races, for short track, you have to race the same frame that you race in the regular cross-country race. And pretty so, pretty crazy. They're getting like Formula One levels of <laughs> playing the rule yeah. book. It's kind of crazy. So but hey, that's the it's rules. It's like this little, yeah, it's this little carbon doohickey that goes in place of the shock. And I'm assuming is it's basically sag corrected or suspension corrected. And it's two position. Oh, yeah. I didn't even really notice that. But it's it looks cool. And... I don't know if it would ever, and they say in this article they don't they don't know if it's going to be a production thing. Holy I shit! I've got a, a, I've got a. This is actually such a good idea. I, I cannot say it on there. <laughs> okay, you can tell us later. Jeez, it's huge. It's it's <laughs> the it's a huge deal. I've I've already got the trademark for not shocks, and it's just going to be shocks in all the common millimeter sizes, including one that's adjustable, so you could turn the lower eyelet. And adjust it from like 210 to 50 to 55 so you can lock out your enduro bike so here's the deal this is this is my idea so everyone don't you're all the listener folks out there you're not allowed to share this and if you monetize this i will come to your house and kill you (laughs) jesus fuck kenny so here's the deal it's gonna be in the trail hardtail category and you're going to have a dropper post, but just like your dropper, you're going to have another lever that actuates a not rear shock that essentially is really just changing the geo of your bike for when you descend. And you can have a twin lock that's connected to your dropper and your rear shocky thing. So when you hit your dropper, it adjusts your geometry to ultra slack mode. So this is essentially going to be like an old TerraLogic fork. But instead of changing from one travel to another, it's going to change from one static position to another. That's correct. Kenny, you realize I just equated your invention with TerraLogic, and you agreed with me. Well, yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> Remember how bad TerraLogic was? Well, I thought TerraLogic was a essentially a brain. No, TerraLogic was the forks that you could no, flip a ter- switch. TerraLogic was the fox brain. What was the, oh, the Talus? Was that the one with the adjustable Talus travel? is yeah, the adjustable Talus one. Talus was the adjustable travel. Okay, yes. I had one of those. So you're building the Talus of rear shocks, but you, it's hardtail? You tail? got it. That's correct. And you're still on board with this? Yes. How many vodka sodas have you had today? I am only one whiskey deep. What size was it? Mm, I don't know. It's a two-shotter. Two shots of vodka? Uh, no, of whiskey. Oh, sorry. This, was a, this thing that I said was carbon, it is made out of aluminum. Someone told me that this was just a marketing grab because friend of a friend works directly with a, a, a team, and uh, he said that they have shocks that are set up that just don't compress. But how do they, do they just ride it not sagged? I, I, I don't know. I mean, if they can make a shock not squish, I'm sure they can make it do whatever they want. All right. But also, have you ever really watched short track racing? It's like you go over two logs, and then it's a it's a crit with two logs in it. All right. So I've never really watched it. 
And also think about a lot of these bikes. They don't sag when you lock them out. That's true. So I don't know. All right. Well, I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was a cool idea. We had talked about that bike. Do you want to do, how long have we been recording? Long enough. I want to read one Patreon message because it's from Tom and we like Tom and he sent this on my birthday. So do you want me to read it since your voice is crackling? Yes. All right, let me adjust your computer here. We had talked about the trailside uh, brake bleeder kit. All right, so the old wise Tom P. says, Regarding carrying sealant or other fixy things you wouldn't need if your bike was set up and maintained properly, during my career as a bike rider, I carried lots of things I never needed in a patronizing and insecure desire to be a hero. Helping the pathetic schmuck whose tubeless tires are dry. The newbie lady who started her ride with 12 pounds of tire pressure so she pinched a tube. I gave away a ton of tubes and picked a lot of stones out of front derailers for sad panda broke bike victims. Never got a Hummer or anything, (laughs) (laughs) Regarding comfort on your bike, Gillis, Sean Gillis, owner of Absolute Bikes, told me two decades ago when he was trying to talk me into putting a riser handlebar on my boots and I insisted I wouldn't be able to climb and would be slower. He said, if you're comfortable... You'll ride more, and if you ride more, you'll be faster. That is extremely sage advice. That's the only type of advice Tom gives out. Do Tom. not listen to other people. Uh, you should, especially us. You should <laughs> listen to what makes you comfortable. I do want to give that a little caveat, though, because I th- I think this is a good like going with Tom's sage advice. I'm not saying that Gillis was doing this. This was a one-on-one intimate setting, right? You know, it was someone that knew someone they had ridden together, worked together, et cetera. But where I'm going is it's a lot like those crazy suspension things, which by the way, I got to cram that true tune atomizer. I got to do the true tune. I got to cram that in my pike this week. Well, you've now had enough time on your bike to. No, I'm going to put it in my pike. Oh, also, this is a uh, this is a challenge for listener land. We will pay a million dollars if someone. Yes, we don't have that much in the bank account, Kenny. We will pay. We will pay a million dollars if you can get an actual real picture of a shock whiz duct taped to that linkage device thing. (laughs) So someone Uh, needs to sneak into a World Cup pit. (laughs) <laughs> and really quickly tape a shock whiz where you can see that it's a shock whiz to that linkage Kenny, and take a picture of it. What you don't realize is there may be people that listen to us that know people that can make that happen. <laughs> well, let's make it but, happen. And also, I think that there might be some liability if someone did that and they're like, well, the people on JRA told me they'd give me a million dollars. I'm going to yeah. do my really fast speaking voice now. Please note this is satire and you should not attempt to do anything that Kenny said in this show. So may result in legal liabilities, including death, imprisonment, felony charges, et cetera, et cetera. We are not liable in any ways for your dumbassery. There you go. Uh, but no, seriously, we should probably make that. We should probably make that and put that in front of every show anyway, because I think that would be really funny. Uh, we did that once. Oh, nice. But also on that note, that dude who tried to get the Harrier jet from Pepsi, he lost. So we're fine. How did he try to get a Harrier? It's a I, long. We, can I finish? There's a Tom whole Sage? Netflix show on it. Everybody should go watch it. I don't have a can television. I, can I finish? Yes. So going back to Tom's advice, understand that doing what is best for you, be very careful that when you are making those changes, you're making them when someone has given you 
some type of one-on-one advice. While we do often speak in generalities and we do often make broad statements that do apply widely across the industry, just be careful that you're not, if you find a product and that product invents a problem that it makes a solution to, be wary. Um, That's where I'm trying to go. And I'm not going to name any products because I don't want to come across as like too harsh on any one brand now. But if tomorrow there was the handlebar adjuster 5000 and it it adjusted your bars on the fly so they could be taller when descending and lower when climbing well that's gonna go that's gonna go hand in hand with the thing i'm about to make so quit that (laughs) but my point is is like if the if you cannot identify the problem it's all those crazy suspension things it increases da 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 if you can't identify that problem prior to searching for a solution to that problem, you may not actually have that problem. That's where I'm trying to go. I bide my time. All right. Well, we'll uh, just push these form entries out, another uh, these website contact form entries. They're fine. They can get their money back. All right. That's cool. Okay. Well, it's been another wonderful JRA. And, oh, yeah, we've got the holographic stickers up on our website now. Mm-hmm. Go buy one, or three, or however many you want, all the way up to 92. That's how many are in stock now, 92 of them. Don't put a number on it. There is a number. Supplies are limited. Act now. Also, they are limited. Between now and then, we'll probably sell some, and I also don't have any for myself yet, so I need to take some off the website. I put one on my, uh, no, I I already, I, I didn't put all of them up there. Got it. All right. I got one on my Forerunner now. It looks sweet. It's cool. It shines in the sun. All right, Tim. All right, everyone, thank you for listening, and good night. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along show.